0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook. Welcome back to episode number 41 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcasts all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, leather, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. We also live stream on Wednesday nights on our YouTube channel. That's kind of a new addition for us, so you can just search for Crafted Podcast on YouTube. Probably the easiest way to find it. But we stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Love to have you guys join us there. It's a lot of fun kind of interacting with the live chat there. So uh, definitely check that out. Also, we have show notes for every episode on our website, craftedpodcast.com. We also have some social media accounts uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at Crafted Podcast. We've been trying to be a little more interactive there, especially on Instagram, posting listener projects. So if you have projects you want us to post, give us a tag there on Instagram. Last, we started a Patreon a few weeks back and are really chugging along there. Uh, we have our top patron, as always, is Make Build Modify, and we also added a $250 goal for a weekend show. So let me introduce my co-host, as always. I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What's going on, James?
1: Oh, so much is going on, and thank you for having me. I'm just pleased to be here tonight.
0: <laughs> and I've got Zach Herberholz from ZS Fabrications. What's going on, Zach? Hey. So, uh, James, you want to kick us off? What you've been working on?
1: Yeah, well, um, I've been running a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this last week I had my new weekly high. I did uh, 47 miles in one week. Uh, wow. But I ended up doing a 30-mile run, and that has been... Um, the the highlight of my week. But this last week, I kind of took some time off. We did the the family thing, went to the beach and went to a cave and saw a bunch of things. Um, So it was a a good time away from the shop. But even then, I still got a few things done. So um, I built a a set of uh, planing stops, um, which a lot of people, when they first get into working on a bench put a tail vise on and use the tail vise to hold the board in place for planing, which is perfectly fine and a great way to do it. But it can be, it takes a little bit more work to do because you're always loosening and unloosening the vise in order to work the piece. Whereas if you get decent at using a planing stop, um, which is basically just a board that is locked down on the, on the bench that you can push your planed board up against and it stops the board from sliding any further uh, that way you're never having to lock and unlock it from the leg vise, uh, the the end vice, and it becomes a lot easier. So I, I made a couple of those. Um, really simple little tool, but a lot of fun to play with.
0: Yeah, I need to definitely make some of those because that seems very useful. I mean, the, the wagon vise is awesome, but yeah, having to unclamp and reclamp over and over and over again uh, is a bit of a pain.
1: Well, especially for like routing, uh, because you can make one along the back side of the bench and then you put one um across the bench. So you're basically creating a corner that a that wood can go into and you can just you can use a, a router to go around the corners right up against those pieces. And rather than having to clamp it, unclamp it, you just rotate the piece and route the next corner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that uh those are very, very useful. Have you tried the, I guess, I don't know what they call it, the little bench-crafted one that pops up out of the, you know, it's kind of flush with the base and yeah. has the little teeth on it?
1: Yeah. The, uh, uh, the the first one that I made is very similar to that, but a little bit more of a traditional style. Um, and so rather than it just popping up and only being like a quarter-inch high, this one is, is adjustable to be completely flush with the bed, um, and I can extend it all the way up to a foot above the bed um so if I'm planning anything, you know, like if I'm planning a log, um I can put it on the bench and, and do that. So it's kind of a an interesting design. But that video should be out. Well, if you're listening to this live, it'll be out tomorrow. So if you're listening to it in real time, it'll be out today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, but- other than that, I've been playing with um uh BLO, making um boiled linseed oil and bleached linseed oil. Um and so that is another video that'll be coming out here very soon of actually uh, making bleached linseed oil, which not too many people have heard about, but it's a. Yeah. Um, it 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 traditionally it was a way of lightening the color of the oil um, because linseed oil has a lot of, of natural color into it, which is great. It brings out the the tones in the wood and, and really makes it come to life. Um, but one of the traditional uses for linseed oil is actually mixing it with paints. And that color then yellowed down all of your other colors. Whereas if you bleach it, you can get that color out of it and still make it a functional finish. So if you want to have that oil finish, but you don't want to have all of the color of a linseed oil, you can actually bleach the color out.
0: Nice. Yeah, that was pretty cool to watch you make actual boiled linseed oil <laughs> on the grill. That was uh it's kind of crazy. I was just like waiting for it to explode. <laughs> yes. it, uh, it sounds so dangerous when you described it in the video. I mean, well, it's, I, it's pretty intense.
1: I actually, I've been thinking about moving the grill a little bit farther away from the house and, yeah, act, and intentionally letting it go, let it go, yeah, and uh, actually catch it on video. I thought that would be a lot of fun, but I'm, I'm still too terrified to do it. <laughs> I've seen yeah. a couple of videos of uh, of a can going up, and uh, it's. Oh yeah. yeah, that would be not, intense. Not what
0: What is the flame point? Because what, you brought it up
1: to like, what, 450 or something like that? Um, it's usually around like 480. Oh wow, jeez. Uh, and so I brought it up to about 460 to get the boiled marking up, so yeah.
0: That's crazy. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I've never seen anybody do that. You know, you're always, your little crusty jar of BLO is always <laughs> kind of intriguing and uh, that's kind of cool. It'd be definitely cool to see your buddies set up, I guess, with the vacuum boiler. Yeah. That that sounds well, really. I
1: wanted to show it off a few times, and he doesn't, because he he is a uh, a traditional painter, and so he makes his own oils and he makes his own flax seed, uh, his own flax oil, and does all of that. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't sell it. He doesn't uh, do it. It's just because I'm a friend. He gave me some and uh he doesn't want me showing videos because there's there's the, the safety thing involved and he's kind of well it's him so
2: <laughs> it's
1: like he's nice. making moonshine yeah, yeah seriously yeah, exactly
2: <clears throat> that's interesting
0: huh that's
1: cool but nice fan it's, it's really hard to find um someone uh, to find a i found a place in Europe where i can buy boiled linseed oil that's been boiled and not had the not had the dryers put into it uh, because if you're if you're just mixing in the dryers, you only have to heat it up to like you know 300 degrees, so you can stay well away from the flash point, uh, but still make it dry quicker uh, by adding a, um, a Japan dryer or a, a, a metallic dryer. But with just the traditional way, and that's and that's that's really the reason why they they found um, putting dryers in is in the Middle Ages. You didn't have accurate thermometers. You would just heat up the oil and hopes that your eye would catch that slight glitten glisten when it changes form, and if it doesn't, you're still watching it and it suddenly explodes in your face. Uh, it was it was a dangerous dangerous thing to make. Hmm. So once they once they figured out how to put the chemical dryer in it, it was something that suddenly became far more uh, safe.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Well, uh I've been working on these chairs. Finally actually just finished them up right before we got on here, so put the third coat of Endurovar on as the clear coat and man <laughs> I have very rarely been as excited to finish a project as with these things, man. That that uh that was a soul sucker of a project for sure. It's just been just been looming. I think I looked back at the footage. I think the first piece of footage I got for this project was like April 20th. So it's been a while. So I am very excited to have them done. Uh, The staining went pretty well. Um, You know, there were definitely a few hiccups. The color is not dead on, but it's pretty dang close. So I don't know. I, I, you know, trying to match a color like that is very very tricky and we were talking before the show like people do that kind of stuff for a living like restoring antique furniture and that kind of thing and i i did my best so uh, i think the client will be happy i think it's close enough and the other thing is it will probably fade or change color slightly over the next you know year or so uh, just with sun exposure and that kind of thing so um, happy with the way they came out though i can't believe i mean i still can't believe i built the dang things i mean that was just those are a ridiculous man. project. Like, there's Thanks. a lot
2: going on there. Like, that's a. I see those chairs and I'm like, I'm like, damn, that's that's <laughs> nice work. I mean, I, that's one of those things that I look at and I like. I'd be I'd be kind of intimidated to build those. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was scary, man. I,
0: I honestly probably would have just canceled the project had it not been for like my wife encouraging me to keep at it because basically I was to the point where. Basically right before part 1 of my video ended where I was getting those bottom stretchers, the bottom side stretchers uh, joined up and it was just like compound miters and trying to figure all that stuff out with the domino and just trying to wrap my brain around all that stuff and then I knew I still had all the crazy joinery for like the backsplat styles and those side rail or the side, you know, decorative styles or whatever and I don't know. It was just crazy. It, <laughs> you I, I like... honestly had no business taking on that project, but uh it came out on the other end with some very, you know, good-looking chairs.
2: I'd so, say it was a success. I mean,
0: I mean they look identical. You know, the actual construction of the piece looks totally identical. Like all of the parts and pieces are the exact same size. I mean, I, you know, obviously took meticulous measurements off of the pieces and you know, spent way too much time double-checking and triple-checking everything. And, uh, you know...
2: Well, I did you, like... Did you get, like, that sense of accomplishment when you finished? Like, it seems like you're just <laughs> happy to be done with the nightmare. You don't <laughs> seem, like, proud of the work that you did. And I think
0: it's it, I It's think a weird one, impressive. because
2: I think I'm anxious to see what
0: the customer thinks of the color. Because, you know, they have two chairs, and they wanted four more. So presumably all six of these chairs are going to be living around their dining table next to each other. So I'm just worried that while the color is very, very close, it's not going to be close enough for their, I don't know, you know, for, for what they want. Um, so we'll see you tomorrow. Um, I, I think, you know, they're a family friend. So I think it's not, I don't know. It's not as nerve wracking as like a full on client, but, uh, it, it's still, you know, still intimidating. The thing is, I'm, you know, like examining this color, you know, out in the bright sunlight, trying to really nail it down exactly correctly. And I think around a dining table in any, you know, <laughs> dining room with not crazy yeah. amount of light, it, it'll be not noticeable.
1: So, well, I mean, and, and you, you never and know how, what they're going like, to fade to.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. I, I mean, like we, we kind of got into it a little bit before the we started live, but i mean like there's people whose sole job like who make really good money and all they do is like do professional furniture restorations and paint matching specifically and like color matching antique stuff so yeah i mean it's a hard thing it's a hard thing to do and it's not an exact science you know um so, I mean, I think there, reasonable expectations shouldn't be for absolute perfection when it comes to color matching. I mean, it's hard enough to match house paint colors, let alone yeah, an antique chair, you know.
0: Well, and I mean, stains are so tricky because they're not opaque. You know, matching paint is, I mean, it's it's hard, but it's not that hard. But staining, you know, just the oak alone that I had for this project, I mean... Out of the eight back legs, there were probably three different distinct colors between the three of those. So, you know, the stain is going to look different on all three of those. And who knows how it's going to absorb depending on what kind of weird grain is going on in the, in each piece. So, it's just uh, – it's a bit of a crapshoot. But I, I think – I think they'll be happy. Uh, I, the thing is, I always fret about delivering pieces, and then you go to do it, and they barely even look at it. And it's like, you know, I've, I've said this before, like, I want them to, like, get down and, like, examine the piece, you know? I want them to be completely obsessed with, like, every little nook and cranny, but they're... They don't, because they're not the person who built it, so they don't notice all the little intricacies, you know? So, it's uh, it's just a different kind of thing, but very excited to have it done. I mean, I'm definitely proud, but... Honestly, I'm just excited to have those things off of my bench, ready to move along to something that's more within my wheelhouse. And, uh, yeah. So next I will be building a, going from like a hardcore white Oak chair to a plywood sofa. So, uh, (laughs) um, definitely a big change of direction, but, uh, I'm excited to knock out something that's much more simple and also even more like my style. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be fun. I think and I'm trying to, trying to design it. It's, so it's a love seat. It's a sponsored project with arrow, uh, fastener who I'm using one of their staple guns. And so, um, I'm going to be creating some upholstery. It's it's based on this design that I saw in this store in Portland, And basically the sofa itself is plywood and then the cushions are this really kind of interesting, it's like they took another piece of plywood, put a piece of foam on top and then wrapped fabric around it. And so the cushion has like this hard bottom and it's technically removable, um, but it's kind of a unique thing. So kind of interested to see how that's going to work out using the staple gun, obviously to attach the fabric around to the bottom of the cushion, so to speak. And, uh, should be, should be pretty cool. It's, it's a love seat size. So only about 50 inches wide, but I'm trying to figure out how I can squeeze the whole thing out of one sheet of plywood. Cause right now it's like one and a quarter sheet and that's just annoying. So I really want to do that single sheet build. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah. How about you, Zach? What you've been working on?
2: It's been a crazy week and it's, uh, it's just, well, it's been a crazy month and it's going to get crazier. Um, so I don't even I'm trying to remember where. Oh yeah. So I was in New York a couple weeks ago, and I have this this. I, I got the I finally got the the desk I'd been working on out of the shop a couple of days ago. So that was great. Uh, opened up a lot of room. I Actually got to clean up a bit, which was nice. Um, I have some pictures of that on my Instagram for anybody who's curious. Uh, really happy with the way that one turned out. <clears throat> working on uh, the video right now, so that'll probably. If I'm lucky, I'll get it out next week. Um, <clears throat> the issue I have is, so this this uh, table that I just started on the other day, uh, the one with the, I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures, the gigantic yep. steel legs on it. Yep. Uh, that thing has to be delivered by the 22nd, which wouldn't be an issue, but I'm <laughs> leaving we're for going Cincinnati. To Nashville.
0: What's that? Except we're going to Nashville.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to Cincinnati tomorrow. <laughs> so, just got back from New York, had a few days to work on this new table, get the old one out, and which, I mean, it would have been fine if I had a shop to do two tables at the same time. I'd already be done with this one, but I didn't, so I kind of, I had to wait until the desk got out of my shop before I could start building the next table. Um, so That thing I got...
0: turned out awesome, by the way, man. That Thanks. That thing looks really cool.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that might be my favorite piece like yeah i was kind of sad to see that one go
0: yeah isn't that stain like the best dude that that's what i use for that farmhouse table i built the the true tone stuff yeah so the easiest stain i've ever worked with
2: yeah and like on like so it says to buff that stuff in and i think i want to buff everything in from now (laughs) on yeah like that was the like why didn't i think of that ever before like yeah just that was for, an interesting
0: so- technique because I, I basically asked them okay like it, the product is meant for flooring that's like how they've kind of designed it and so i was like well how can i use this for a regular piece of furniture and they said to dilute it for like a four to one ratio uh, four parts of the stain and one part of their original sealer and that made it totally like a wipe on product and it would just put it on heavy and then wipe it off, you know, within a couple minutes. And it was, like, unbelievably perfect. Like, no seams, like, no lap marks between the, you know, uh, each line of stain. It was just freaking awesome. So, um, I was really interested to see you buff it in, though. I mean, for a tabletop, that's perfect. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, anything- you couldn't do
2: that for, like, your that farmhouse yeah. table that you were <laughs> that doing. That tricky. would have been tricky. Like, like but get for the tabletop, like, all the that was little awesome. ins and outs of that thing. But it was... um. I mean, God, it was so nice applying stain like that. And I have, like, I have a container of those, uh, like, eyedropper Not eyedroppers, but, you know, the s- squeezy... Pipettes. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh, I have a container of those. So, it was, like, it's the only time I've ever been able to, like, apply stain without getting it all over my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that was the best part. I just, like, busted out the buffer and, like, used the pipette and just, like, the stuff on the tabletop and uh, it was so nice like it only took a minute I didn't have to worry like it was really even and uh, the only thing I don't like about it and it's not that I don't like it enough to not use it again because I, it's, uh, the pros totally outweigh the cons but like so you have to put on the stain then you have to wait a day and then you have to do another code of the, the, the topper or the finisher on it and then you have to wait another day and then you have to do one and then wait another day and then six so it, I'm used to like spraying stuff in Florida which means like <laughs> like it's dry in a you, minute like yeah it's it's like oh you need your table you need to eat dinner by 8 p.m. I'll start at four and uh it'll yeah. be yeah. good to go like
0: yeah waterlox is a little bit of a different beast for sure that's that is but I mean the only thing I don't like about that product is trying to keep up on either a production schedule or a content creator schedule makes it a very difficult Yeah, I use.
2: mean, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like it's never as much of a deal as I expect it to be. Cause I mean like usually like what's a day or two. Like, exactly. I mean yeah. like, I mean three
0: coats is plenty in my experience of the, the sealer. That's really when I,
2: I use two, I think it said to use two
0: at, on, one. Yeah, on top of the stain. Cause that stain has tongue oil in it. That's the interesting yeah. thing. It's like a, Tung wheel based stain so yeah but it's, yeah uh, so
2: that was that was a fun project i i uh i really like that one so i got started on this next one i just went and picked up more ash i'm doing another ash top on this one but it's not going to be uh essentially the last one i cut them in strips and flipped them 90 degrees so it's pretty much quarter sawn on that desk this one's just going to be face grain um and then went to Fastenal and priced out an inch and a quarter bolt that's six feet long, or all thread, which is going to be a lot of money.
0: <laughs> how much? I, it's actually, so like
2: online, I think I think they're like, their inch and a half was like 189 bucks Holy. for inch and a half, six foot. And I'm like, ooh. I went into the store, and I'm like, there's got to be something. Come on, guys. And I'm like, what? Can, what's the best price you can do on this inch and a quarter? And the guy's like, uh, $90. bucks. i am like, Okay all right. So yeah, I'm happy with that. But yeah, so the tricky thing is I'm like, oh, I need to get a turnbuckle. I need to get a turnbuckle for the center of the thing. And that's yeah, no big deal. I'll just find a turnbuckle. And then I thought about it. I'm like, turnbuckles need a left-hand thread and a right-hand thread. And that would mean that I would need to find Another piece of all thread that's left-hand thread, inch and a quarter, and they only sell them in six-foot increments. And I'm not going to spend, God knows how much more money to get a piece that I only you know, need. The
1: left-hand hand thread's got to be like twice the price too. So yeah, I'm oh, gonna yeah make, that, that's
2: going to be hard to find. find I'm not this. going to because the turnbuckles like a hundred and they're everything's crazy expensive. So I'm just this is what you going, need a
0: metal lathe for, man. That that would be uh kind of useful.
2: That would be great. I need a bigger shop, and I need to not live in Florida. <laughs>
0: Yeah, although you need have, a metal lathe with six feet between centers, which that's uh I don't that's need, a little excessive.
2: I don't need six feet of all thread. I need, like, two, two-and-a-half-foot sections or something. Oh, man. But they don't sell it in anything less than six feet. So. Yeah. Um, and plus, like I was saying, the turnbuckle, like, well, if I wanted to use a turnbuckle to connect the two because it'll look cool, I'm like, then I need to find another six-foot section of left-hand thread, which would run me a fortune. So I'm just going to get two nuts and figure out a way to weld something together that looks like a turnbuckle but isn't an actual functioning turnbuckle. I mean, it'll turn, but, like, it won't, you know, the point of a turnbuckle Forge is you it. turn it and it'll tension or or uh, press out on the two bolts. This one would just, like, move along. Sorry, this but, yeah, so it doesn't really matter so let's see i have notes here because i can't keep more than three things in my mind at the same time um oh guess what guys finish the design book
0: oh jeez! Uh, only what? i mean how long has that been like it's been the whole time we've been doing this podcast
2: it's been probably a solid <laughs> two months it's a big yeah you, you,
0: you got your values worth out of that book man oh, I'm i was not, thinking I'm, 40 I'm bucks
2: the first time I read it through was for pleasure, so now I'm gonna go back and like do like research on it. I'm serious. Oh. I mean, I'm not gonna do it right now. Like, I'm gonna take a little vacation from it, and then I'm gonna come back. There's just like so much knowledge to be soaked up from that thing. Um, it, w- it was it was <clears> a cool <throat> book for sure. It's very cool. I actually just I just ordered one and sent it to Jimmy because I was showing it I was showing it to him when I was there, and I think he'll like it. So.
1: Um,
2: Oh, yeah, Tom from uh, Dream 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 Shop Works. I always, like, want to mix up the adjectives in his title for some reason. Um, who's? I think he's in the live chat right now, too. He is. Uh, but he, a while ago, he sent me a bunch of really cool woodworking books. And on my flight tomorrow, I am actually going to start reading this one that he sent me. And I was checking it out. It's... Uh, these, there's a series of books. He, I got two of them that he sent me. They're put out by... It's called the Furniture Society. And they have like a series. And there's some really, really cool stuff in there. Like just some design stuff. I'll hold up a, I'll hold up the picture like concrete and... Hmm. Where's my camera at? That Everything's backwards. Is that but there's bamboo some really, like, on the front? On the front of the what's book?
0: that? Is that like a bamboo piece on the front of the book? Yeah. Ooh, I've got some bamboo that my buddy just... He he was at a park and like, I don't know, there was some sort of party going on. There was a bunch of like three foot long sections of bamboo and he was like, you want these? I'm like, I guess I'll figure out a use for them. But so I have like probably 15, you know, four foot long bamboo chunks that I'm trying to figure out what I should do with them. Nice. That looks like a good book.
2: Cool. Yeah. Um, And let's see. I think I had something else. Nope, maybe that's it. Uh, yeah, heading to Cincinnati tomorrow. I'm debating whether or not I um, want to try and do a, a video blog of it or not. I don't know if it'll be content-related enough to justify.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's. Uh, I mean, I, I liked your last vlog. That was, it was good. I mean, the GoPro makes that really easy, man, having the gimbal. It definitely it 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 does but like
2: see the thing i'm thinking is like in cincinnati i don't know like i'll probably check out some cool like shops and stuff but uh it's not like a woodworking event i have no builds going on you know like i just don't know
0: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) probably not (laughs) do the do the vlog for the dewalt event in nashville that'll be
2: yeah i want to see if they're cool with that like i would imagine they love it
0: they, they want us to that's the whole
2: point that would make sense.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, they definitely want us to. So cool. Well, I guess what let's move into our. <laughs> yeah, I know. The DeWalt. <laughs> I mean, technically, Stanley is their parent company, or yeah, not their parent company, but part Stanley of their. Stanley Black whole... and
1: Decker, DeWalt. What is it now? Porter Cable.
0: Yeah. Stanley, Stanley Black and Decker, I think, is the parent company. Um Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we when we did the tour last year, like the Stanley section was like, you know, it's all utility knives and uh, hammers and that kind of stuff. And then it was like, they didn't even mention, like they had a couple hand planes on the wall, but they were completely messed up, like non-functional at all. And they didn't even mention them. Like it was clearly just such a non part of their business i mean it just i mean which makes sense they
2: they had the plane the blades in upside down probably it, it was uh yeah. it was rough it was rough
0: because i wanted to try one because i've never actually tried any of the stanley stuff like in person um but
1: the, you know their their new sweetheart line is actually not that bad um i've heard that price, yeah that's I what i've heard one of the, the the best starter deals out there
2: yeah yeah i just cool. got a note from my wife she walked in Says, I was changing the sheets and Rico ate part of our memory foam mattress on the phone with Vet now. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, he's got a very comfortable stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pillowy soft. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's move into our show topic for the week on that note. Um, so we're going to be talking about organization, uh, not really in the shop. I think we've kind of covered that. Uh, more outside of the shop. So, you know, whether you're a content creator or a person trying to, you know, make projects to sell or, I mean, really anything besides just making stuff for yourself, even making stuff for yourself, trying to have some sort of schedule uh, is really helpful. And also keeping track of the things that you think, oh, I want to build that, you know, like having some sort of repository for all those kind of things, uh, super helpful too. So uh, I guess... Let's go around. I mean, what do you guys use to to plan out your projects? First of all, James, I I feel like James, you're going to be more organized than either Zach and I. So <laughs> why would you think that? <laughs> I just I just have this feeling because I am not organized really at all, and I know Zach is probably not. So
1: James is that's, an Android user. That like, uh... that speaks
0: volumes about that. <laughs>
1: I as I don't plan out any of my projects, like you guys, in other words, I don't I don't design anything. I just kind of have a rough idea of I'm going to build a planing stop. And I'm guessing it's going to take me about a day and a half to do. So but then when it when it actually comes out to scheduling out the videos, I have the next what 6 months or so rough scheduled. Um uh, because what I what I do is I use Google Keep for everything. Um I really like it's uh, the way it syncs with Google Docs and other things and you know, just Android, it, it's Google oh, Keep. Totally Google Keep, yeah. Huh.
0: What? What it's, is it? What is that?
1: Um, it's basically just a scratchpad, um, but it, it's a way so that you can kind of quickly um, organize your thoughts. Um, th- I mean, there's a bunch of other things, and it's a fairly knockdown version of like to-do lists and things like that. So you can you can you can record audio clips and pictures. You can make to-do lists. Um, but in the end, it just ends up being like a whole bunch of, um, sheets of paper in a document form. Um, so you can kind of keep them all organized. So I have a list of, um, inspirational videos or inspirational sites, things like that, that I'm always going to and looking for items and ideas. Um, and so I'm always listing those out in there or things that I want to point out to other people in the future. I'll list them in a a separate list there. Um, but then my, my big one, um, is the, um, the list of videos that I want to create. So anytime I have an idea pop in my brain, um, I'll pull that up. And so I can just hold up my phone and say, um, add to to-do list such and such. And it will automatically add that to the bottom of the list. And so I don't have to type anything out. I can just say it into my phone when I'm thinking about it. Does,
2: uh, I feel like, I don't know why I don't ever use Siri but I never
1: use Siri. <laughs> I Siri, use the voice to text for everything.
2: Oh yeah, man! It, it
0: is outstanding for like if I have a long text message to send or like you know messaging on Facebook, or whatever. I will almost always speak it because it is unbelievably accurate. I mean, I'm I'm kind of anal about you know getting my spelling and punctuation right even when texting. So uh, it it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, and also, Siri is extremely good for reminding you so like basically anytime my wife tells me I need to do something like the next day I immediately tell Siri to remind me at whatever time to do that thing and that way it will not let me forget like it pops up and then it'll go away if I unlock the screen and it'll pop up again like an hour later and uh, it's it's extremely effective and I just you know can hold down the home button tell hey Siri remind me at whatever time to do whatever and uh, really kind of Fail proof.
2: I is. think the issue I have is I just never remember till that I that I like have it. Well, neither do I.
0: That's the thing. I I if I create to do lists, I don't look at them. So having this reminder functionality, it actually goes off at a, at whatever time you tell it to. I'm,
2: so it I'm actually. Gonna, I'm going to Siri you guys a message right now, <laughs> and
1: I want to see how accurate it is. Uh, I use the shocking. the reminder feature. Constantly, Color theory. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be like out of the mood ah, and I'll Look suddenly, at that. It, did it do color or color?
2: It it said color. There you oh, go. Oh, well, it likes you. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, it erased good. it and it just says color, ha. Huh? <laughs> See, now it's like saying all sorts of things that I didn't say. Like, yeah, oh, we the, get that best, already best text erased images of this voice color, ha-ha.
1: <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so the, the list of what I do, because I, I do three videos a week. Um, and so I, I try to, I keep a very long list, like it's now like 70 items long of possible video topics. Um, and so every month I have on, on my month, I have automatic reminders coming up in my calendar that I think it's like on the second day of the month. Uh, one of my to-dos on that day is um, organize the next month's worth of videos. And then the first day of every month, I have a to do which is organize this week's list of uh, organize the next week's list of videos, because once the week starts, I have those videos locked in unless something drastic comes up. Um, So I'm always thinking about the next week ahead of time in the build list, Um, and so that, that it makes it kind of simple. Um, because I, I live and die by my calendar. My calendar is, is key. Everything is in there. I have, like, in today's list, um, I have, you know, recording a video on BLO, uh, making a video um, for uh, different types of saws. Um, I have all of these things broken out, and then I've m- sub broken those out of, in this half hour, it's my intention to do the cutting of this project. In this half hour, it's my intention to transfer video files. In this half hour... Um, I have all those things then sub broken out that I do at the beginning of every day. So every one of my days is is scripted out from beginning to end. Um, and that is how I get things done, <laughs> which is is crazy for most people out there, I know. Um, but I, I live and die by that. But the, the beginning of every month, I calculate out the next month. The beginning of every week, I calculate out the next week. The beginning of every day, I calculate out that day and if it isn't in the calendar, it doesn't exist. Interesting.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so for me, I have a project, What I call it a project calendar, but it's actually just, so I, I'm an Apple guy, like total Apple-aholic. I have a you know, MacBook Pro and an iMac and iPhone and everything is Apple for me. So uh, I try to use their built-in stuff as much as possible. I really don't I don't use a ton of Google products. I mean, I, I have a Gmail account and then, you know, we use Google Docs for uh, the the show notes and that kind of stuff. But outside of that, I pretty much use mostly Apple uh, stuff. So their Notes app, which is built into every iPhone and Apple computer out there, is actually really pretty good. Um, so I, you know, I, I know I put out one project video a week or now it's kind of gone to three per month uh, and then one more project video for make, but it still still ends up being one project video a week. And so I can go ahead and just list out the dates for the next, you know, two to three months and put whatever project is going to be published that week next to that date. And that way I can kind of get a overview of the projects that I need to put out over the next couple months. So then I can kind of work backwards from there and figure out, okay, what do I need to be working on this week? Uh, and and, you know, what materials do I need to order and that kind of stuff. Um, for me, my calendar, like my actual calendar, I really only use for, if I have to go like travel somewhere, like go to some kind of event, or if we have people coming into town, like things that are actually going to lock up my time. I don't really use my calendar, you know, to tell me what I'm doing every hour of every day, because I just, <laughs> I don't look at my calendar very much. So uh that, that doesn't, you know, serve a, a really useful purpose for me. Um I, I like to be able to, you know, have those big events in the calendar so that if I'm planning somebody to come into town or to visit or planning to go travel somewhere, I can look and see, okay, I am relatively open there. And, you know, then from there, I know pretty much every Tuesday I'm putting out a project video. Wednesday nights we have the live stream. Thursday mornings I'm putting out the podcast, uh, that kind of stuff. So I can kind of usually work whatever trips I'm taking around that schedule as well. So I I know that was one of the questions from the live chat um from Daniel. Uh basically he, he asked, besides posting on Tuesdays, I guess is for me, uh, and podcast, what other items or such schedules do I follow? And really <laughs> my life kind of revolves around project video and uh the podcast at this point, cause those are really the two main set things for me and I, I just I know that if Tuesday rolls around and I don't have a project video ready, it's that's a problem for me. So, um yeah, I uh, I know some guys are not, you know, into the whole schedule thing, but for me, I am such a procrastinator and so ADD that I think if I just said, "Oh, I'll probably put out a video once a week," what would end up happening is I'd start putting out a video on Monday, and then the next week it'd be Tuesday, and the next week it'd be Wednesday, and eventually it would wrap around and I would have missed multiple weeks and it just, it doesn't work for me. So
1: that was the having... key thing for me when I went to three videos a week. Yeah. Um, uh, because I, I would never do three videos a week unless I had it locked in stone that I am doing three videos a week and actually figure it out.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, And the other thing is, I think it works. I mean, you know, I've seen some really good growth this year. And I think a lot of that is because I've just been grinding out videos. I mean, I have not, I've not missed a week besides, you know, like the make magazine videos I'm doing. And I still count that because that's a video going up on somebody else's channel. That's being linked back to my channel and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you know, I have not really missed any content in the last over a year. So that's, that's tough. Not only actually building the stuff, but keeping, you know, a project list going. So uh, that that's the other thing I use the Apple notes functionality. I have a separate list on there, kind of similar to what you were talking about, James, where if I have any sort of, it's just called crafted video ideas. And anytime I have any idea that could be a video project, I put it in there, no matter how stupid it might be. Because even if it's off-topic for my channel, you know, like the t- these tap handles I did for the Make channel, probably too simple realistically for my channel, just just based on the kind of stuff I build on there. But it's perfect for the Make channel because they uh, really seem to like simple projects over there. So um, that that you know, any project idea Obstacle is stick a good thing. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, dude, that freaking you know video from Bill Levulsi got more views than my. You know, projector screen. So, and it was popsicle sticks, you know, so it's, they, they seem to like simple projects like that. And, that, and I think it's because a lot of them don't have access to a lot of tools. So, um, yeah. So, uh, those are the two main kind of lists I have going all the time as the video ideas and the project calendar. And I also write all my voiceovers in Apple notes and, You know, the nice thing is anytime I put anything in there, it's on all of my devices immediately. So, um, I also use Dropbox for all of my documents, SketchUp files, all that kind of stuff. You know, basically I I work out of the Dropbox folder on my computer and that way, as soon as I click save, it's automatically uploaded to the cloud that way if I'm on my laptop or anywhere else, I have access to all that stuff immediately. So um Dropbox is pretty outstanding for that. But again, Google, I imagine you use Google for that kind of thing, James.
1: Yeah, yeah, same thing. The that's what the Google calls um keep, is there?
2: Okay. Yeah. Listing app. Yeah. My organization?
0: <laughs> yes, let's hear. Real physical organization. For anybody who's listening, which uh, not not watching the video chat, Zach is holding up a whiteboard. Two of them. Which terrifies me. What if you spill your drink?
2: One in red and (laughs) one in black. Wow. Yeah. It's great. It's great because I keep things on there until they're not relevant anymore and then I just wipe it off.
0: So what do you do if like you're away from home and need to like write something down or have a list or something? Do you have like a a pad and paper that you carry with you, like a field notes kind of thing? Or
2: mm, I'll remember. I just, it, well, I mean, if they get a hold of me, it, if they get a hold of me, it'll be in like my email or something. And... <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Man, interesting. Yeah, I I still like I have to write stuff down. Like I can't. Like I've tried. I've tried like doing the note things and it's a great idea and stuff and it works great but I just don't get like it's not the same like when I physically like get a pen and a paper or something to write on and do it it's it, it for some reason that's like concreted like it sticks in my mind and it's like on my in my mind of things that I have going on it just it doesn't work when I type it I know that's I used to do that
1: sense, but, but then but, I kept uh, losing my clipboard with all my written down information
2: <laughs> Yeah
0: well, so what's interesting is uh, I was listening to the Made for Profit podcast the other day, which great podcast if you guys don't already listen to it. And so they were saying this same kind of thing, where writing things down physically is more effective than writing them down digitally. There's some sort of different you know mechanisms at work in your brain that make you remember things better when you actually write them out. And they were saying that their to-do lists, like every day, like basically the night before, every day, they create a physical to-do list, a physical checklist for the following day. And they check that off for John Malecki. It's a field notes for Brad. It's just a little piece of paper. Um, And that's something I've considered starting to try to do. Like, do you guys create a to-do list for every day? Because I do not. I have a... Vague. I use my calendar I, for. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: And I, that's that's the other thing that I, I try and do with the calendar, and that's why I list everything out to the quarter hour. Is not. It's it's not. I'm doing this at this time and this at this time and this at this time. It's my to do list, and it it fluctuates and moves. So I know that if I'm getting behind on the calendar, then that means I probably should ditch something else from my schedule and get rid of it so that I can catch back up. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, the the kids are noisy and it's easier for me to do this topic now. And so I can switch around that to-do list during the day. Hmm. But yeah, that's what I use the calendar for is the to-do list. So the,
0: the thing I guess I don't like about the calendar for that is that everything is so specific time focused. And and as all of us know that when we're doing anything making related, time, time is a little flexible. You know, like it's very hard to accurately estimate, at least to me, uh, exactly how long something's going to take, so that's why I, the yeah. the to do no, list and, and nothing, thing.
1: Nothing in my daily calendar is anywhere solid. It is it's very very fluid. Okay. Um, but it it it, it kind of gives me the idea that if I have it all scheduled out this time, then if something's taking longer, then I can look at the rest of my schedule and say, you know, is there something I want to get rid of today, See, like in order to stay on schedule, or do I just need to be flexible with it and move things around?
2: This section of my whiteboard right here. <laughs> is like my checklist it's like well oh, i can wipe that one off see this is so satisfying this is like like <laughs> that the desk whoop, it's gone so is that a now, project
0: now, checklist that's not a day-to-day checklist
2: that corner is a project checklist which is my day-to-day checklist i don't need dates like i do one project until it's done and then i wipe it off <laughs> and i go to the next project that's usually the one right <laughs> below it if i've been staying on top of things
0: but i mean the thing is realistically what we're working on the shop is a small fraction of what we actually are responsible for day to day. So that that's to me what the to do list could be useful for is saying, Oh, I need to send an email to whoever I need to, you know, call whoever I need to go check my PO box. I need whatever it may be. I need to ship that shirt order that just came in those things that more the administrative task side, you know, obviously I know if I've got, to put out a project video for this project next Tuesday and I haven't even started it yet. Tomorrow needs to be a shop day or whatever, you know, but it's all those little things that end up getting lost in the shuffle and, you know, fall between the cracks that I am very bad at. And thankfully I have a wife who's very good at that kind of thing, uh, especially just on like our personal, you know, finance side, paying bills, all that kind of stuff. I'm terrible at that stuff and she handles it extremely well. So um, that's very lucky for me. But uh, yeah, I, I think the daily to do list thing is going to be something I am going to try to implement uh, because I think, especially having a physical list, cause I've tried, like I have the wonder list app on uh, my phone, which is super popular, but I just never look at it. So I think actually having something that I can feel in my pocket will, you know, like make me look at it maybe, but we'll yeah. see.
1: I think that's why I use the calendar as opposed to the to-do list for my actual checking things off because I have the calendar then send me notifications 10 minutes before. And so yeah. I, I get that regular reminder of, yep. hey, check the calendar, check the calendar. Yeah, cool.
0: All right, we've got a couple more questions regarding organization from the live chat. Uh another one from Daniel Metal and Grain. Uh so what's the preferred software for getting organized? So I think we've touched on uh, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever integrates for I think for all of us, well not all of us, but <laughs> James and I, uh what integrates with our phone effectively. So for me, I'm an iPhone guy, so Apple stuff. For James, he's an Android guy, so Android stuff. So um to me, using whatever's built in is going to make your life a lot easier.
1: Uh, well, also be, be willing to experiment. As I, uh, When I worked at my last job, I probably went through like 20 or 30 different um, checklist apps until I found one that fit me exactly. Yep. Um, and it was some weird, obscure one that no one had ever heard of, but I finally found it and it worked perfectly for what I wanted. Um, and so it, everyone's a little different. Everyone's going to like something different.
0: Well I know like Bob from I like to make stuff uses Trello extensively. Yeah, and that's, that's a cool one. uh I just signed up for that actually and just transferred some of my stuff over. The thing I like about that is for for me, one of the other added layers to each project is what sponsor or sponsors are gonna be on that project. Because most of my projects have either one or two sponsors. So trying to keep track of that stuff. Uh, you know, usually those have some sort of deliverable thing, whether that's, you know, just putting the mid-roll ad in and having a high-res version of their logo and all that kind of stuff. So um, having something a little more, uh, you know, complex than my just Apple Notes uh, is useful, and Trello is really good for that. So I think I might might continue to use that but yeah i mean caleb uh, from you can make this too just said in the live chat <laughs> he uses trello some when he remembers he has it and that's 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 the problem is any of these any of these ad hoc pieces of software you just you have to really be obsessed with it and that's why i like the stuff that's built in you know just kind of stock um so yeah cool uh got another question from tom's dream shop works uh tom ferroni or Farone, however you pronounce your last name Tom um, uh, so he asked, do we track our shop hours for billing or time analysis, and I do not how about you Zach? no way yeah i yeah i just i just i, I
2: estimate I, I do i mean like i I think it's it would make it for me it would make it impossible to like predict or bill things out like that, and I don't think people. I like think people are more comfortable with the solid number when they're like, how much is it going to cost for these chairs? I can be like, oh, well, it's going to cost this much rather than being like, well, the materials are this and then I'll bill you for my labor. Like I think that makes people nervous. And and re- re- like realistically, you find your day rate. And for me, it's pretty easy to to estimate a job and how many days it's going to take. So I just break it down into sections and be like, oh, I can do the legs in one day. I can do this in the next day, a couple days yeah. to finish. And
0: That's the thing. I feel like tracking our time. I mean, the, the one good point Tom makes is for analysis after the fact, then we could get better at estimating project costs in the future. That That's an interesting thing because for, for me, I mean, tracking my time, it, it doesn't. Doesn't do anything for the customer because I've already mm-hmm. come up with a price before I even start the project. So it's not like if I if if I build it faster, I'm not going to reduce the price realistically, and if I build it slower, I'm not going to raise the price. So you know, it all kind of equals out. So uh, that
1: and you never you never build the same thing twice. So it's no. really hard to use that information yeah. to exactly. figure out something else.
0: Yeah. I'm not building the same you know pallet table nine hundred times and putting it on my Etsy shop. It's just it custom furniture is really hard to predict. I think.
1: And and for me, I, I can't count that high. There's just too many hours and things. <laughs> I, I run out after I take my shoes off.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's uh that's interesting. I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, tracking your, your time is very valuable for, for some things, especially if you were doing, uh, you know, batching out products and trying to figure out, okay, how much is this really costing me? Like for people who do craft fairs and that kind of stuff, Uh, I think that's a great technique, but it also takes time to track your time. And that's just something I don't want to do. That's, (laughs) that's always been my reason for avoiding tracking my time. So, uh, cool. Well, I think that probably pretty, pretty well covers it. Any any other software or stuff you guys want to shout out as far as organization? I mean, I think Dropbox, Google, Apple, I think we've named a lot of the big ones.
2: Trello. If we remember to use it. I'm thinking cool. about like just going back to stone and chisel. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just get it tattooed and then get it covered up after, uh, after you're done with it.
2: I'll get a, like tattoo, cross it off every yeah. time. <laughs>
0: That's funny. Cool. Well, uh, I guess let's move on to we. We actually do have a joke of the week this week. So, uh, Richard Clark, thank you for sending this one in. This was a this was a good one. So uh, he says, I watched a documentary about how they fixed steelwork together last night. It was riveting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good.
0: Pretty good. <laughs> So, thank oh, you, Richard. I I for that it. yeah, you got it. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a pretty good one Richard. thank you uh for submitting that. If any of you guys have corny jokes that relate to making stuff, uh hit us up uh, Fred had one in the live up. chat.
2: I'm trying to find it. oh, nice. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's relevant or not, but it was a solid dad joke.
0: well, we can uh add it to to next week. All right, so I guess let's talk about what we've been watching or listening to or reading in Zach's case, probably. Um, I'm actually going to kick it off this week. So I've spent a stupid amount of time in the shop the past week just trying to finish up these chairs and uh, have caught up on all the making podcasts and (laughs) moved outside of the making sphere because I ran out of content. So uh, there is this really awesome podcast uh, called mogul it's about this guy chris lighty he was a hip-hop kind of producer manager uh, back in the 90s early 2000s late 80s that kind of time period back when kind of hip-hop was just coming up especially in new york city yeah, really interesting, I'm a, I'm a huge hip-hop fan, and it was really interesting to kind of hear how people like uh, Warren G and 50 Cent and people like that got their start, and uh, really kind of some crazy stuff, so uh, really well done. It's Gimlet Media, who is the same people who did the Startup Podcast, which is outstanding if you guys have never listened to that, it's a podcast basically about starting a podcast network, which is <laughs> kind of meta, but really interesting. Uh, going to get, you know, VC funding and that kind of stuff. So really, uh, good stuff. So mogul podcast, definitely go check that out. If you're at all into hip hop, so James,
1: uh, I found the minimalist maker. Uh, she makes a, made a tool roll recently, but does a bunch of other things. Um, and when I ran across her um, a week ago, she was at 8,000 subs and I thought, wow, this channel really needs a lot more. And I went and looked at her today and she's now up to 18,000 subs. Um, so it's, yeah, um, really, really cool video and, uh, uh, the the video style is awesome. The information and she kept doing things that were like, oh, wow, that's cool. I've got to try doing that. Um, and just, it was great video content and great content. So definitely, definitely go take her a look at her.
0: Nice. I just subscribed. So I'll go watch that after the show. Awesome. Zach, how about you?
2: Um, so I watched, uh, I watched Money Pit the other day. You remember that? Like, I think it was like late '80s with Tom Hanks, and they move into this house, and everything just falls apart. Yes. Ring a bell? <laughs> no. It's really funny. You should actually watch it. It's pretty good. Uh, is that on? Is that on Netflix? I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Advertised
0: to me before.
2: I sort of remember. I remember just like a little bit of it. I think it was like late '80s, but uh, it's 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 pretty funny. There's some good parts uh watch that i've been reading that uh furniture society or the furniture studio series that's put out by furniture society uh the books um podcasts uh invisibilia and uh when i was hanging out with laura comp up in new york she recommended uh my favorite murder which is kind of an interesting and funny podcast so yeah that's it for me this week
0: nice Cool. Well, I guess let's close it out with our favorite tool of the week. James, what you got?
1: I've got the good old-fashioned ball jar. Um, <laughs> you know the the old mechanic jar. jars. Um, Mason jar. Uh I I all the time the, whenever we get pickles, I keep the jars. Um uh, and I've gotten into making my own mixes of different finishes. Different types of linseed oil, boiled and bleached and raw and store-bought. And, of course, each of those then are mixed with different waxes and different shellacs and different uh, lacquers. And I probably have like 40 different jars right now in my basement all labeled and marked out on the shelf. And I use each one for different reasons and different purposes. And um, it would not be possible without the good old-fashioned ball jar. So, nice. yes, that's mine.
0: Those are... So useful for everything. Man, I think think every bolts and nuts and yeah, every business I think I've ever worked in. Like when I was in the cigar industry, we'd store our pipe tobacco in there. When I was roasting coffee, I'd store my coffee in there. You know, now I store any finishes and that kind of stuff in there. I mean, they're just incredibly useful. So yeah, that whenever you see them on sale, stock up on them because they're just incredibly handy. You can even drink out of them and be really hipster. So, you could even create a little leather handle for it. I've seen that <laughs> all over the place at very, you know, hipster coffee shops. So, although I think that's a
1: <laughs> really
0: dumb design, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not going to go go. I never like
1: drinking over the threads, I always
0: Well, a, yeah. Especially like glass and hot beverages just uh, to me they don't go very well together, but
1: uh it's just like the ceramic cup, but
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Like there's no handle. So you have to create a handle. And so it's like this loose leather handle. And <laughs> Yes. Yes. I don't way. know. It just freaks me out. But anyway. Um, so my tool of the week is this HVLP system that I got a little while back. The Fuji Q3. Man, this thing is a beast. It is. Uh, it. So I really like the Earlex, the HV5500. It's a great kind of, I think, you know starter HVLP system but there are so many little fit and finish things that are upgraded with the Fuji um just the way the hose connects to the gun itself and just so many other little things it's really quiet actually um i think that's one of the Q3 like i think that's quiet is what the Q stands for um so it's like a three stage uh, quieter HVLP but it just works great it's got all kinds of controls a lot more controls than the, uh, Earlex did, you know, you can actually control like the amount of air that's going through. You can control the, uh, fan size and control the amount of material that's coming through. So very, very easy to dial in exactly how much finish you're getting. And, uh, you know, it's as Zach was saying, he usually sprays finish. I usually wipe on finishes, so being able to spray finish on this uh, on these chairs was awesome. I put three coats on in like four hours, so that's that's unheard of for me. So uh, I was very excited. So um, yeah, that's that's my tool of the week. Zach, how about you?
2: Um, I'm gonna go with the Dewalt plate joiner. Uh, it's a biscuit joiner. I've done this, I just, today I started the glue up on this next table I'm working on and it just makes alignment so easy. If, you know, if I had, if I had just a glue up of like one or two boards, I'd probably just use the plow plane to do a spline joint. But, uh, when you're gluing up, you know, five, six or multiple oh, yeah. boards, it just makes it really quick and easy. And the time it saves you in sanding is worth it alone. Oh yeah.
0: I I don't understand people who do panel glue ups without some sort of alignment because it just, (laughs) I've tried it. I've tried to be really meticulous about it. Maybe use some calls and that kind of stuff, but whether it's dominoes or biscuits or dowels, I think using something for alignment is just saves you so much time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I used to do it
1: without them and I'll I'll never go back. All you have to do is hold off on your surface planning until after you do your joinery
2: yeah well that
0: that works too well unless you know you, you have you a 40 inch wide plate yeah just exactly hand. yeah that, that's <laughs> that's the problem for me is i want to be able to pass everything through my machine so uh i you know i'm limited to 15 inches for my planer dude so. you
1: are the machine <laughs> yeah no i'm good i'm good on
0: that <laughs> <laughs> cool well i think that's gonna do it for this week's show people in the live chat and our five dollar enough patrons stay tuned for the after party we will be jumping right into that after we close this show out but uh if you guys don't already support us on patreon uh, we did add a 250 fifty dollar goal level there now if we hit that we will be adding another show every week a weekend show so that's a pretty big incentive I'd say um, weekend show for everybody so uh, if we hit that $250 level that's going to be pretty awesome uh, that patreon is pretty much the only way that we are supported for the show we don't do any advertising or anything like that so it uh, really helps us out so definitely go check out our reward levels over there if you're at all interested also if you're really digging the show give us a five-star rating on itunes very very helpful to help this show get in front of more ears so i think that's gonna do it for this week's show everybody thank you so much for listening until next week happy building
1: see ya